0: Hello, I'm Martijn Gaat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Global Chief Sales Officer Gavin Polizzo of Cloudstaff. In this episode, we talk about trends and developments in the labor market, how to effectively leverage and manage remote teams, and how outsourcing can alleviate the pressure on supply chain and logistics companies. Please enjoy my conversation with Gavin Polizzo. Hi, Gavin. Welcome to the show.
1: Martin, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Of course. Um, The first question on this podcast is always, does logistics matter?
1: Absolutely. Logistics definitely matters, especially in the world we live in where we want everything instantaneous. Yes, it does matter.
0: (laughs) I'm glad that that, uh, that it's again a yes. Um, what's your what's your uh, what's your personal or your business connection to to, to supply chain and logistics?
1: Uh, I am the uh, global chief sales officer for an outsourcing company called Cloudstaff based in the Philippines mm-hmm. and what we do is work with small to medium-sized business owners on all types of outsourced roles and within logistics and supply chain, some of those roles could be back office support, um, customer service, lead gen. So we do partner with um, various uh, supply chain and logistics companies in Australia, uh, the UK, EMEA and the uh, US of A.
0: So um, uh, obviously for today, uh, the, the topic that we are going to discuss is, uh, is outsourcing and the labor market. Um, I think we've had uh, a very interesting uh, uh, two, two and a half years uh, in which a lot has happened. And, and I guess the, the way that um, a lot of uh, countries in the world are uh, uh, approaching work uh, and labor um, has completely changed. Uh, I'm curious what, what, your, what your take is on, on uh, the state of the, the, of the, of the current uh, labor market.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, one thing that sticks out using the U.S. as a brief example is you've got unemployment rates at an all-time low, and uh, really you have this influx of, of jobs versus people um, that are available for work. Uh, so, And yeah. you're seeing that in other countries as well, as companies look to reduce some costs to continue to stay relevant.
0: Yeah, so so uh, so it's in the U.S. and I in, in Europe here as well. Uh, 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 many companies are struggling to find uh, people where we come from. A situation where people were struggling to find jobs.
1: The talent shortage, shortage is uh, is extremely relevant, and it's also the skills that we're looking for that aren't always available in front of us in our existing countries or in an onshore environment as well. So. You've got a couple of different challenges in front of you, and it's not just the talent shortage, but also the time it takes to source uh, a skilled worker that you may need um, for your business yeah. and the dedicated time that goes with that. So there's besides the talent, it's the time, and then you know it comes down to the, the economics of it as well. So there's a handful of issues that small business owners within logistics and supply chain are facing today.
0: So, so uh, how, um, so how do you see them uh, cope with these challenges? I, I mean, uh, a lot of these logistics companies need jobs filled like, uh, drivers, uh, forklift drivers, uh, order pick, order pickers, you know, people to man the pack stations. Now, now there are many, uh, temp agencies serv- servicing, uh, these logistics companies, um, um, what developments do you see when it comes to to outsourcing? Because your look on outsourcing is more from a back office perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a couple of different things, right? So you've got companies based in these countries working with these temp agencies. They're fighting the retention battle because it's a temp role yeah. and, and people tend to move around from temporal to temporal. And that's tough because you've spent time and dedicated effort to train them on the skill. You've got wage issues going on as well, where wages are on the rise and you're in a very, very competitive environment where people are going from job to job for the better wage. So you've got that challenge in front of you as well. So what small business owners, especially in logistics and supply chain can do is continue that model, but also shift some of their back office approach to outsource, where I think not many business owners have... You know, delve into that quite yet. I think they're a little bit hesitant, to say the least, because they're overseeing roles that are critical to the business, like accounting, mm-hmm. or yeah. um, even you know SEO management of their websites and their their marketing, or potentially mm-hmm. your your financial analyst. Those roles have always been traditionally an onshore role, or even inventory management has been considered an on, I'm sorry, an, an in the building role. I should say,
0: yeah, in the building, yeah, yeah, yeah correct, yeah. In,
1: An in the building role. So. To get people to trust the fact that the pandemic has taught us how to work with people remotely um, and to performance manage remotely and to use the technology we have, you can still have a great relationship with an employee and get the best out of them in a remote environment as you would as if they were in the building. Um, So I think it's a matter of for for business owners to really take a look at outsourcing, especially with these um, back office roles, because you're just going to have the same situation you have with your order pickers, your forklift drivers, whether it's going to be wage competition, there's going to be retention challenges. If you can pull in some of these roles through an outsource with countries like the Philippines, India, Colombia, places where you have great um, English language, willing to work the hours in your time zone and highly educated, um, mm-hmm. you can definitely continue your growth and your trajectory um, by remaining relevant and not have to worry about the retention challenges
0: yeah and, and and so this is one of the things that uh, uh, one of the good things that came out of the pandemic I mean obviously there were bad things but one of the good things is a um, is a new look on 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 how remote remote work is is possible uh, and that it is possible I, I think a lot of companies didn't even you know it wasn't even an option for most companies
1: I remember uh, distinctly uh, March 13th which was a Friday where people, we were given instructions by senior leadership at a previous company I worked at to go home. And it took us a good 72 hours to figure out what's next. How do we stay in business? How do we stay relevant? Hmm. And we did a complete shift of a face-to-face sales model to a remote selling model. And it, there was you know, yeah. challenges with training and learning, but every company went through that, even in, in all industries, including supply chain logistics. And there's still to this day figuring out new ways to pull people into the culture drive performance and get the very best out of folks in in various roles especially in these back office type opportunities
0: so so if you look at um, at operating uh, a back office staff on remote locations um, how does that work how do companies do this so with 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 our companies that we partner with
1: they Tend to, you know, obviously lean on the skills and the job description that they're looking for. So they want to hire the right people, and and many outsourcing companies will partner with business owners to get the, you know, take in what job pieces they want that are really relevant to the role, and then we work with the business owner to basically pull together a uh, two, three, four applicant. Pool that they can choose from for that one role they have open, and ensure we're getting mm-hmm. the you know the right candidates in front of them. And then from there, it's a matter, matter of assisting them and how they would manage them, how they would develop them, and train them. Um, they already have the skills coming in, so now it's a matter of pulling them into your company's culture. And I've seen a wide variety of how people do this, and some things are really interesting. People will obviously like today we're talking. Um, and we're both on camera, it's, it's as if we're sitting across the table from each other. Um, yeah. Similar in the work environment too. But I've also seen it where take a, dis, uh, a customer service group or maybe a group of dispatchers. I've seen logistics yeah. business owners have a TV hang on the wall and a camera, and they're able to talk to the whole group right at once as if they were to walk into wow. their own little customer service call center and have a conversation. And they're able to give some accolades, do a quick training, coach people up, it's a matter of using the technology we have in front of us. Um, one yeah. thing I would say that um, outsourcing companies also model, like our, my company that I work with, has a great platform uh, to manage performance where we can um, know exactly where our, our staffers are at the time, what they're working on, what they're engaged with. All of that can be done through some of the technological abilities we give with the app that we have uh, to see what's going on. So you can manage that performance piece real time.
0: Yeah, so and, and then are, are you talking about um, the type of manager that uh, that wants to know every detail of what everybody is doing or are you more talking about a performance performance like no, that's not the word I was looking for um, so you have um, uh, managers that, that that really do detail management like what's he doing, what's he working on like now minute per minute and you have the manager that says like' uh, I'll, I'll track based on output. Yeah, I
1: think it's a matter of having a balance, right? I think you want to have a balanced approach. Mm. No one wants to be tracked minute by minute on exactly what they're working on. However, um, you do have the ability to do that. You do have the the technology is there so you can see uh, exactly what steps they're taking to get the desired output that maybe you're looking for. Or it's dovetailing our systems with your systems to track your inventory and see what counts are actually happening. Or maybe it's uh, more of a back office type role to talk about your accounts receivable or payable to see what the business is looking like from your point of view versus theirs. The point is, we have the ability now in today's environment to not only pull people in from a cultural standpoint, but also to measure them. Uh, down to the minute on what exactly they're working for, and I think that will resonate with business owners because, let's be honest, the first thing they worry about is control. When you start to have remote wor- a remote yeah. workforce, I've I've lost a little yeah. bit of my control, but you haven't. You haven't. And look, no. your remote workers are going to work just as hard as your in the building workers. I think if it's if that's yeah. the culture you establish in your company from top down, then that will be the culture that will be continued on, whether they're in the building or not.
0: Um I, I, Gavin, I'd like to, to go back to um uh to, to the the trends in the labor market that you are seeing. So um do you see different trends for different types of roles in in, in supply chain and logistics?
1: I, I do. I see you know I definitely see a trend towards more back office support. Uh you know, Martin, we were talking about Know, the financial analysts or the bookkeepers and accountants um but even like mm-hmm. this, the this dispatching and the inventory management are roles that I think are are relevant when i think about the the labor economy i'll use the us as, as a brief example i mean yeah. a lots changed in the last 24 months the pandemic really kind of tipped the scales in the industry of logistics and supply chain almost up on its head with the you know the 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 force of wanting things instantaneous getting things delivered um, you saw you know using just you know delivery and freight go upside down with regards to um, the costs for a shipment going up it, it, with you know the the the, the co- I should say the cost of revenue of a shipment going up but fuel costs coming down drastically and then you saw mm-hmm. the need for more drivers so you had a labor shortage start to start to rear its head and then it got to the point where In the last year, you saw fuel costs rise back up again, and the costs for freight drop. So you have this influx in the industry all in a short time period. And it's really caused business owners to think, how can I stay relevant? And where do I have opportunity to maybe cut some costs or reduce some added costs? But on top of that, you've got a retention issue. You've got people leaving for other jobs. You've got unemployment at an all-time low. You've got this influx of jobs out there and wage competition. So it's a matter of what other roles in my own company do I think I can potentially have be remote? Do I have that trust to allow my accountant to work outside the building? Do I have the trust to have what was always an on or an in the building type role like dispatching and customer service? Can that be remote? And I think um, we talked a little about control and and wanting to see those people face to face and 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 shake their hands every morning and welcome to the to the office. Am I still able to do that? And the answer is absolutely. You can do that. You can do that through outsourcing and and reducing some some of your wage costs. You you can. There are people out there in other countries that have the skill set and the education to do the role as good, if not better. Than some of your onshore labor, and I think that's something that some of the business owners within logistics and supply chain are, are starting to realize that that this is an opportunity. You know, in my company, we have we've got a handful of logistics companies and, and shipping companies and freight companies that have embraced it, and the roles they've embraced it are around project management, uh, website management and tech, um, financial analysts dispatching, mm-hmm. customer service, inventory management. So they're doing these roles that would predominantly always be an in-the-building type role, um, but is not now in some of these companies. And now they're seeing the benefits by not having to pay for onshore uh, medical or health along with the the wages that are only going up.
0: Okay. So uh, Kevin, the, 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 the image that these countries have, they're, they're called, uh, well, in, in Dutch we say low-wage countries. Yep. Uh, I, I guess the, the, the wage is lower than it is in the UK and it is in, in the United States. But the, the cost of living there is uh, is lower as well. Um, so, But the, the image is it's cheap. And cheap is is usually not the right uh, word, right? When you talk about uh, people and personnel and and you want quality as well. Yeah, Martin, I I would
1: say you're on the right page with regards to the perception of outsourcing is always cost is the first piece that people think about. And then unfortunately, people then associate low cost with low quality. That is just entirely not true. Uh, while cost is uh, a very appealing point to outsource, especially in, in, mm-hmm. this, in this industry, um, the quality is absolutely there. The Philippines is a highly educated country, as is India and Colombia, and the cost savings is associated with the, the onshore uh, cost of living in the Philippines, India, and Colombia. So these yeah. folks are highly skilled employees. They're highly educated. they uh, english is is spoken as as fluently as it is in in other countries. And I think what needs to be needs to resonate is the roles that we're mentioning here, especially in the supply chain and logistics industry, like some of these back office roles, these folks have been skilled and trained for in schools, such as going to, you know, accounting school, or learning mm-hmm. uh, U.S. or U.K. tax code, or understanding, uh, it, you know, what type of uh, skills are needed to be a, a, an expert dispatcher in, in Australia, or to, to, to understand the the you know gap principles, accounting principles in the U.S. And I think people miss that piece of it because it's a big piece of this. These folks are coming into these roles with the background as would an onshore equivalent would have. And what needs to happen, and we talked about this earlier on, is we just need to trust in the fact that you're going to have the ability to hire and select who you'd like, just like you would onshore. um, And you're able to work with them in the same capacity from a tech perspective as you would onshore. What outsourcing also allows you to do is it gives you time back in your day to not focus on having to source an open headcount in your business, Mm -hmm. but actually spend time on what's the next great idea for your business. How can you improve your... Uh, inventory counts because you're 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 off base there. Or maybe it's how do I scale and grow my shipping company uh, to take on 20 more drivers. Or maybe it's how do I get away from that temp company that's uh, causing my wages to skyrocket for some of my onshore roles that I'm I'm being competitive of. So yeah, it yeah. goes back to the trust in the process with getting the right skilled folks through the into your business. But also it goes back to uh, ensuring you've got people that you got people that can do the role and do it very cost effectively, but also with a high degree of quality.
0: And, and can you talk a little bit more about, um, about the trust and the culture park? Because I'm, I'm curious about how um, uh, some of these, well, Originally, traditional uh, logistics companies have made that that switch. So, what do you see them do? How do you see them uh, 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 incorporate remote people in their uh, in their in their uh, in their current uh, onshore teams?
1: Well, I think there's always a stigmatism, also, Martin. That that if I don't see you every day, you're not working, or I can't track yeah. your, your 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 progress or your production. And like I said, I feel as though the pandemic, while yes, the negative connotations initially are are terrible, the positive behind it is we've learned to work in an environment where we uh, can still leverage technology to have that person be remote and be very much in our culture and track their productivity. It's no different with outsourcing. We still give you the tools where you can uh, track performance, but also what we've seen some of our companies do is to have all meetings on camera where you're having a relationship is to spend time getting to know your employees as you would on shore and have that uh, as we used to we call it in the US that water cooler talk that you know what did you do last yeah. night that camaraderie that still needs to exist uh, we've seen folks literally and with with art with cloud staff hang TVs in their on their walls with cameras so they can Talk through the TV on camera to their team that's in the Philippines in a room um, in one of our offices, as if they're walking into their call center onshore. So it's it's really cool that some of the steps that people have taken uh, to really embrace the culture and and it, what it's done is it's keep re- it's kept retention rates uh, very strong, uh, especially in an outsourcing world where retention's been a been a challenging KPI for us. But for the most part, using cloud staff as an example. Our retention rates are 90%, 95% plus uh, of our staffers because they enjoy working with business owners, especially in the small immune size space.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the things that um, uh, uh, you know when I uh, needed to work remotely that I missed the most was uh, you know well what you call the water co- water cooler t- uh, talk uh, we we usually talk about the coffee machine <laughs> we we meet at, Americans meet at the water cooler and, and Dutch people meet at the coffee machine that's right that's right so um, I mean but I guess you know that you need to um, create these um, these non Yeah, like non-scheduled, not business-like talks. You you need some some sort of mechanism for that as well.
1: I think we also we try and do our best, also urging our business owners to come visit, come over to the Philippines, see what it's like, see what the culture is like. Even if you factor in four trips a year to the Philippines at a week each or ten days each, you're still coming out on top at fifty to sixty percent savings. With a high quality worker, yeah. that's going to stay with you and not drive your wages up. That's going to do a great job. And I think that's you know, by coming over and seeing the culture and visiting and seeing our offices, um, you get a better sense of community with your folks.
0: Yeah, and if you and if you if you shook somebody's hand and and really seen them, I mean, video already does absolutely does a lot. But if you've been like been in the room with somebody and just know how they move and how they, that also just changes the relationship as well. I completely agree, and, and unfortunately, I don't
1: see the economy shifting anytime soon. I feel as though no, we're in this uh, this current situation for a longer period of time. And it's one of those things where companies need to start embracing it. You know I saw a stat the other day where you know, less than 30% small business owners in the US uh, are outsourcing, and, and they anticipate that tripling over the next uh, 18 to 24 yeah. months. That stands with the, that's the same flies with logistics companies and supply chain as well. These folks are coming up with new and interesting ways, for, not even back office. It's the folks that are going to lead gen for you, the folks that are going to help manage your marketing and folks that are going to do your inventory counts. You're always going to have challenges with forklift drivers and inventory pickers. That's always going to be there. But can you mitigate some of that potential loss by looking at other roles to potentially outsource?
0: Yeah, so so uh, for a uh, business owner that 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 thinks like, okay, I have front office issues and I have back office issues. Yep. So so let uh, let's at least eliminate part of that and and outsource uh, some back office roles to get some worries off my mind. So what are the steps that 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 they would need to go through to um, uh, to start that process?
1: Uh, I think it's it's different for each outsourcing company. I know for for cloud staff. Um, what we ask folks to do is obviously you have a, a, a job description with the skills needed to do the role. You would present that to us, and then we would, and that's pretty much the, the, the start of the process. We would then take the time off your hands and go source for folks in country that meet your needs, and then we would mm-hmm. within about seven days, even less in some cases, we would present back to you a handful of candidates, let's say two to four candidates at least that meet your needs. We would then invite you on camera to interview these folks and have a conversation just like you would normally do in your office. And then if you have one or two people that meet the needs that you think not only culturally, but also the performance and KPIs that you have out there, you would then come back to us, let us know that you'd like to extend an offer. And then we would go to market and make sure that these folks would fit within your offer space and yep. uh, we would start that process. We would do all the the other beauty of, of of going through an outsourcing company is we handle all the logistics within country. Meaning, we're licensed to do business in the Philippines. You don't have to be. Yes. We take it, we handle all those regulations, and they're lengthy. I assure you. Um, we also handle all the HR pieces of uh, the staffer, yep. we handle their, you know, the medical setup and any insurances they need. We handle that process. We put them through a rigorous background check, just like you would normally do, uh, for an onshore worker. Mm. So we do a lot of the things yep. to mitigate the risk for you, um, to have that employee be in place. And then from there, once we have a, we do, we put them through a new hire induction period. And then we also then, uh, present them back to you for a kickoff date where they're essentially your employee, but they work through cloud staff. So there are a lot of benefits because we take a lot of the legwork off your hands. Um, one thing I also want to mention is because of the demand in certain roles, and we'll use accounting as example, we've set up an mm-hmm. academy where we're pulling folks in that have accounting background and we're training them on recent tax code, let's say in the U S so they may have an accounting background coming from their Philippines school, but we're putting them through a, another uh, rigorous training group or another you know, cr- coursework called Cloud Staff Academy, where they would learn gap principles, U.S. tax code, bookkeeping. And we do that for other countries Ooh. as well, like Australia, as well as the UK. Um, so the again, the opportunity there is more staff available at a short turnaround you know, in today's market, in some cases, you may be looking for someone for 30 to 45 days, maybe longer. you know we can probably provide mm-hmm. a grouping of people to you in less than 30 days from start to finish. So that timepiece allows the business owner to get back to what's really important to them, which is how to grow their business and how to continue to stay relevant.
0: So and and so from the point that that uh, that I say like, okay, now I'm gonna outsource my accounting. So, so uh, typically uh, within how many days could I have somebody, uh, well, at least on their first work day, I know it yeah. will not be fully operational because you know, you need to, you need to train them, but, but, uh, but within how many days can you have the first person report, report. I would
1: say it's safe to say probably, you know, in a 30 day time period is, is very acceptable. Hmm. So that's fast. Yeah. Very fast. Like I said, four to six weeks in some countries for that same type of role and, uh, you know, staying on the accounting piece, accounting is not easy to source in, in Australia, the UK, no. or the US right now. Accountants are in, very much in demand. Um, yeah. and especially in the building accounts, because the pandemic has taught us to, to, you know, we are able to work remotely. The employees also want to be remote now. So they want to work remote. Yeah. There's this, so you have that challenge that also, uh, is, is out there. Um, I will also say with with outsourcing in general, we also have a model that allows you to be flexible. You can have folks work from home. You can have folks work from an office. And that's within the outsourcing company. We have offices throughout uh, the Philippines that uh, many of our workers use. And we even have a hybrid model where folks can come in if needed due to any sort of, um, you know, maybe their internet's down or their power's out. So we have redundancy built in um, that frankly on shore they may not have those redundancy pieces built in if if the mm-hmm. power is out at my home i i got to run to a starbucks or i got to run somewhere else or a coffee yeah, shop yeah, yeah, yeah. um not yeah. many companies take that in consideration but with outsourcing uh, we build in redundancies so they don't have to worry about that especially at cloud staff so
0: yeah so and so and if i understand you correctly because that's 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 i guess an important point that i took from what you said is that if i um uh, go and outsource a uh one of my uh positions uh to somebody offshore i i don't need like i don't need to train them on 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 local or on the rules and regulations here that part is done it's just what are my own company's processes Bingo. that they need to be familiar with yes. and it's it's stuff like that that you need to train them for absolutely yeah okay. you, they're coming in with the
1: General knowledge. What they're probably lacking is your business's personal knowledge or your business's uh, policies and procedures that you have to train. Just like any new employee onshore coming into your company, there's no difference there.
0: Okay, um, so. Uh, Gavin, what I would like you to do now is take out your crystal ball, okay. uh, you know, and just you know lo- look deep into it, and then uh, um, share with us what 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 you see uh, in in I don't know. You can choose the time period: uh, five years ahead, or ten years ahead, or maybe twenty years ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to, to 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 the whole labor market and and outsourcing and what trends do you see what developments do you think what what's what's the next thing you know when i think of
1: uh, outsourcing as, as a whole we've been doing this for for 30 40 years and 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 mm-hmm. it's in it's always had a mixed connotation you know 30 years ago it had this negative connotation where you yeah. weren't going to get this quality or you know they it would be a challenge to oversee that employee and fast forward to the pandemic. And we've realized, well, maybe I can, you know, manage folks remotely. Maybe I can, uh, ensure performance is an all all time high. I don't see outsourcing. I I only see outsourcing getting bigger and bigger, uh, enterprises. Now 90% of most large multinational enterprises are outsourcing in, in, in some facet or another in some business unit like I said, less than 30% of small medium sized enterprises are are outsourcing. That will grow exponentially over the next, I I think the next year to two years at the very minimum uh, as it's growing now. As it comes to supply chain and logistics, I do believe that business owners are starting and have started to realize there are many roles within my company that I can potentially work with that are already going remote. Now, can I take it one step further and outsource, especially on the back office side of the business?
0: Gavin, uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, for sharing your, your your vision on on the current but also the future uh, state of uh, the labor market uh, and uh, education, uh, educating the listeners uh, on, on 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 how and why they they can outsource uh, back office jobs.
1: Martin, I, I appreciate you having me. I, and I also would say, and not to, to carry this on, but look at outsourcing not as just a, a people business, but look at it as a platform. Look at it as a structure that you can lean on and really base your future on. And I think once people wrap their arms that this is a structure that is is cohesive, it's 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 airtight when it comes to performance. You get a quality employee that works for you, not against you. And I I do feel that folks will then embrace the trust piece of it that we mentioned before and start to put more stock behind it and get more folks, uh, more roles in their company shifted towards outsourcing.
0: Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog at www.logisticsmatter.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send an email to podcast at logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Rugger Man and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was supported by Cloudstaff. Cloudstaff is the fusion of great people, innovative technology and a culture that engages their staff and promotes personal and professional growth. It fully utilizes technology to remove the limitations associated with remote workforces and fully integrates local and remote teams with tools, systems and processes that deliver complete control and visibility. For more information, visit cloudstaff.com.
1: Well, thank you very much, Kevin.